Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, folks. Welcome to another episode. This one is sponsored today by Spoken, um, a cool service that allows you to get English lessons directly from a teacher sent to your mobile phone and it's all done through messaging services like whatsapp or wechat or facebook messenger viber loads of things okay you can get english lessons on your phone uh through messages and that includes things like text uh and also video and audio and things like that you interact with it you kind of respond to it either through text or by using the microphone on your phone so there's bits of speaking reading writing listening stuff like that uh spoken tend to uh, provide courses for professionals, so business people. So, for example, if you're a, a busy person, if you don't have much time, let's say, for example, you spend all of your time eating, sleeping, working, and listening to Luke's English podcast, and you don't have a lot more time for other things, then Spoken could be really useful to you because uh, it's basically sort of a lot more flexible. Lessons generally take about half an hour, but you can choose when you uh, do that work. Uh, it can be a nice way to fit some English practice into your uh, into your daily life. And uh, the cool thing is that Spoken, because they sponsor Luke's English podcast, they are offering all of you, uh, first of all, two free lessons. So you can check it out first and see if you like it. And then if you fancy buying one of their courses, they'll give you 20% off. Okay, so two free lessons and then 20% off anything. Uh, go to Get Spoken. that's G-E-T, S-P-O-K-E-N dot com slash L-E-P. Getspoken.com slash L-E-P. Uh, or click a Spoken logo on my website. Okay, nice one. Right, so let's get started with this episode. And here is the jingle. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, hello, hello. Here we go. This is it. We're doing it again. Here's another episode of the podcast. Um, the the words are flowing. The English has started. Uh, let's carry on then, shall we? Right, so I think this one is uh, the third part of my holiday diary uh, series, just talking to you about some things that we saw and did uh, on my recent holiday. And, it, and I guess rather than it just being a, a sort of description of, of a holiday... Like, then we went to the beach, and then we had lunch, and then we went back to the beach again. I'm trying not to do that. I'm trying also to talk about other topics and things as well. But it's all kind of through the, what, through the medium of a holiday? Uh, something like that. And before I continue and tell you more about holiday stuff and other things, before we start that, I just realised, actually, that I forgot to mention some of your responses to the episode with my dad about cricket, which was uploaded in August. Did you listen to it? Did you listen to the cricket episode? Now, I wanted to kind of mention some of the responses because in that episode with my dad, basically, we tried to explain the rules of cricket. And both of us were, well, 
we were wondering what you, the audience, would be thinking while listening to it. I mean, we both thought that it would be confusing. We both thought it might be difficult to to understand. And the thing is that, you know, I'd, I'd sort of received an enough um, correspondence from people asking me to talk about cricket. I got enough of a sense that uh, it was an interesting thing for me to do an episode about it. Also, I obviously really like cricket. If you hear the episode, you'll see that we're both really in, into it. Um, and so it's just nice to talk about it. But also, I think it's worth sort of um, trying to understand uh, that subject because it, it is a fairly big part of uh, British culture. And, you know, on Luke's English podcast, we'd like to t- we like to talk about British culture. I'm using the royal we there. The royal we. Do you know about the royal we? Basically, the royal we is is the way that the queen refers to herself. She doesn't say I. She actually says we. Isn't it interesting? She so she says we instead of I. So it, that's known as the royal we. So I was, I'm using the royal we there uh, on Luke's English podcast. We like to talk about British culture. What I mean is that I think that you also like to listen to the, that stuff. Anyway, no need to justify it. Never don't what is it? Don't explain and don't apologize. All right, I won't. Sorry, just to let you know. Okay, fine. Um, so responses to that episode uh, with Dad about cricket. So in general, the responses seem to be along these lines. Something like, I really like listening to you talk to your dad. It's always nice to hear his voice and his descriptions of things. But this was the most difficult episode of the podcast ever. You broke my mind. You destroyed my brain, Luke. As an example, here is... Uh, as I record this, the most recent comment on that episode, which was number 473, from Anna Mrozek. Uh, I guess that's how you pronounce your name. Uh, I don't know. But Anna, right? Anna wrote this two hours ago. She said, Hi, Luke. I do really love episodes with your dad, but this particular one completely destroyed me. Nevertheless, uh, it was a pleasure to listen to your dad, as always, and I liked the cricket-related phrases, so I will cut you some slack for making my brain hurt a bit. Cheers. Nice phrase. I'll cut you some slack. If you cut someone some slack, it's kind of like you let them off or you give them a chance or... Um, hmm, I'll cut you some slack. It's kind of like saying, you've done something wrong, but I'm not going to be too angry and I'm not going to punish you or anything. I'll let you off. Meaning I'll kind of... Um, allow you to get away with i'm not going to punish you or feel bad towards you i'll kind of you know i'll understand i'll give you a bit of understanding a bit of um uh room am i i'm not explaining that very well come on come on luke you see i've been on holiday i've been away from the classroom and so i'm a little bit rusty cut you some slack see this is when the internet you know um uh, this is this is when the internet comes in in useful, and obviously you can do this too. Google it, or look on the Cambridge Dictionary or the Collins Dictionary online to cut someone some slack. This is what the Cambridge Dictionary says: to it means to not judge someone as severely as you usually would because they're because they were because of some reason. Now the, the dictionary says because they were having problems, but uh, I think it could be for other reasons. Uh, so anyway, Anna chose to cut me some slack. Because, um, what was the reason again? Just give me a, just cut me some slack here, ladies and gents. I'm recording this under uh, slightly difficult circumstances. I don't have much time. I haven't f- 
uh, prepared uh, as much as I could have done. So just cut me some slack, okay? If you feel like this is slightly chaotic here at the beginning. Uh, what did Anna say? She said, uh, uh, it's always a pleasure to listen to your dad. And I liked the cricket-related phrases. So I'll cut you some slack for making my brain hurt a bit. Meaning she's not going to judge me too harshly or punish me in some way. I don't know how she would do that um, uh, in too harshly because she understands that uh blah 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 okay i think you get it she's gonna cut me some slack i replied saying well done and thank you for listening to all of it sorry for hurting your brain with cricket on the positive side other episodes of the podcast should now be easier to understand by comparison and anna replied to that saying um i assume that it's better to be hurt with cricket than with the cricket bat uh yeah nice one i like see what you're doing there anna very good um and she said the main problem for me is the fact that i'm not too keen on games with complicated rules i'm really into cycling for example it's a beautifully simple sport yeah cycling is a lot more simple than cricket isn't it really i mean what are the rules basically the rules in cycling are turn you know to sit on the bike turn 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 your feet left turn left turn right don't get hit by a car keep going until it's time to stop that's it i suppose i did a couple of episodes about cycling with a friend of mine called uh, ben fisher check the episode archive i think uh, one of them's called cycling from coast to coast and the other one i think is cycling from london to paris just look for the word cycling in the episode archive. You'll, you'll find a couple of episodes that involve lots of talk of cycling and, and stuff. So, Anna, if that's more your thing, then you could check those out if you haven't already checked them out already. And if you have checked them out already, maybe it's time to check them out again. Um, sometimes a good idea to listen to episodes several times if you have the time. Now then, um, so here we go with uh, part three of this series which is based around some of the things i saw while i was on holiday last month you should probably listen to parts one and two uh episodes what 700 400 700 not yet episodes 474 and 475 you should, you should probably listen to those before hearing this because that will put the whole thing into context but in a nutshell the context is that my wife is preggers which means pregnant um she's got a bun in the oven which is another way of saying that she's pregnant. It's a kind of a, obviously an informal, slightly humorous way of saying it. She's got a bun in the oven. Uh, she's pregnant. Um, and by the way, I just wanted to say that I, I, I have chosen to reveal this personal news on the podcast. I chose to reveal that because, honestly, I think it would be impossible to keep that secret, right? I mean, it, you know, if I, for example, managed to have a, Babe, well, I'm not having the baby, but if if uh, my wife and I manage to have a baby and have a, like a baby in the apartment and and all the sort of slight chaos that that involves, if I had that in my life without um, mentioning it, I don't know how would I keep that secret. I don't know. Anyway, I think it would be obvious because um, you'd, you'd notice. For example, if my uploading became um or becomes a bit erratic when the baby arrives then you'll understand why you know you might understand and you might cut me some slack okay um but uh perhaps you know by by telling you that perhaps you can now manage your expectations a bit if you remember that i've got a lot on my plate 
Uh, if you've got a lot on your plate, it means you're really busy. Because uh, having a child will be, obviously, it'll be wonderful, I hope. Uh, who knows? But it seems it's going to be great. Um, but it, it will probably be quite disruptive as well. But I certainly don't plan on halting this project as a result of having a kid. But it's probably going to uh, mean that I'll have a bit more on my plate. And uh, by you know, if you know that, then hopefully you'll cut me a bit of slack. Um, so my wife's pregnant. We went on holiday in the USA for a baby moon. Uh, which is basically our chance to enjoy a fairly big holiday together while it's just the two of us. And we saw some really interesting things, and it gave me inspiration to talk about some topics on the podcast. Um, And so in this one, um, in terms of topics, uh, the plan is to talk about astronomy, um, astrology, and flat earth conspiracy theories, or simply flat earth uh, theories. Um, are they conspiracy theories or, or just the theories? Anyway, astronomy, astrology, and flat Earth, and and indeed round Earth as well. I hope there will be enough time for all of that. Let's see. Uh, if I run out of time, some of those things will no doubt turn up in the next episode. Now, um, expect the main questions f- for this episode uh, will basically be things like this. Um, uh, what is the Griffith Observatory? How do you pronounce Griff- Griffith Observatory? First of all, how do you actually say it? Well, there it is. Griffith Observatory. Can you say it? It's quite difficult. Griffith Observatory. So what is the Griffith Obser- Observatory? And what did we see there? Um, what is the difference between astronomy and astrology? Is astrology a load of old nonsense or is it basically all right? What is the flat earth theory all about and why do people seem to think that the earth is flat well some people is the earth flat uh no or is it round um or is it in fact globe shaped i think it's globe shaped and also uh, what words can you pick up from all of this to help expand your vocabulary improve your listening and develop your english in general we've already had what to cut me some slack uh and um what else did we have preggers meaning pregnant she's got a bun in the oven um um, and i've got a lot on my plate so we've already had those things let's see how many other things you can pick up as we move through another episode of the podcast um on the subject of the English that you're going to hear, I will try and define some language as it comes up. But also, you should check the page for this episode on the website. In the episode archive on the website, just search for episode 476. On that page, you'll see some notes and transcriptions. And there, you can see the words and phrases, that many of the words and phrases I'm using. You can see how they're spelled. You could copy and paste those expressions to your word lists or to your flashcard apps or whatever or you can just enjoy listening to the podcast it's up to you okay so griffith observatory and a hike in the park so uh, there was lots of geology and astronomy on this holiday more than i expected the geology was there because of the national parks and all the rock formations with their stories of history and also the astronomy was involved because we visited the here it is again Griffith Observatory, um, which is this place dedicated to observing the the sun and the night sky. Uh, so that's the the the, the astronomy. Uh, but uh, also in a hotel one evening, I was zapping 
between the many TV channels. Uh, there's so much TV in America, so many channels, and it's always advertising. You zap through the channels, it's advert, 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 news, advert, advert, news, advert, 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 something interesting. You know, so I was zapping through the channels and I came across a long interview with famous astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson, who's like one of my sort of favourite people to listen to. And that was absolutely fascinating and also quite mind-blowing, as he usually is. He's, he's usually quite mind-blowing because he says all these incredible things about the cosmos and stuff. Uh, you can actually listen to that conversation uh, on the Nerdist podcast you go to, uh, if you search for the Nerdist podcast and look for Neil deGrasse Tyson's uh, episode, you can actually listen to that conversation because it was an interview with, um, oh, who's the guy who presents the Nerdist? Um, oh, well, Chris Hardwick, that's it. Uh, Chris Hardwick, it was an interview with him on the TV and it was then uh, also published uh, on the Nerdist podcast. So you can actually listen to that thing that blew my mind. <laughs> Um, lots of astronomy, fascinating stuff. And then near the end of the holiday, there was the total solar eclipse. This is when the moon passes in front of the sun, blocking out the sun for a few minutes in the middle of the day. There was a total solar solar eclipse while we were there uh, over some parts of the USA. And every single person on that day was talking about it. On the TV, it was just solar eclipse, solar eclipse, solar eclipse, advert, solar eclipse, Solar eclipse, news of the solar eclipse, advert, advert for glasses for looking at the solar eclipse, solar, you know, you get the idea. Everyone was talking about it. We didn't see the full eclipse because of the particular place we were in at the time, but we experienced a partial eclipse, which was pretty interesting. So lots of big things like the moon, the stars, the earth, our place in the universe, and also the value I think, of proper critical thinking and the value of science in general. These are some things I'd like to talk about on the podcast today. So we, we uh, on one of the days when we were in Los Angeles, near the beginning of the holiday, we had a, a, a hike uh, through Griffith Park. Um, just a hike, you know, it's hiking. It's just a form of walking, probably walking um, outdoors, uh, it's 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 quite sort of um, energetic walking, um, usually walking in a natural area, probably for a long period of time. Okay, so like walking in the hills, walking through the mountains, not climbing. Probably climbing would involve using your hands as well, but just walking through natural places outside. Um, and that was really nice. We like to do that. My wife's pregnant, so as I may have mentioned a few times already, uh, she's she's got a bun in the oven, so. Uh, it's uh, that makes it difficult for her to do any strenuous hiking. But uh, thankfully, in Griffith Park, the hiking is not too demanding. But it's also not too easy. It's not a, a complete piece of cake. So it's still enjoyable and yet not too demanding. Uh, so there's a, there are hikes that you can do from sort of the street level and you walk up through the park uh, up towards the observatory, which sits at the top of the hill in in Griffith Park, and it's a it's a feature of the LA skyline. Uh, you know, of course, the Hollywood sign, which is on one side um, and uh, on one of the the hills, but just towards, just sort of round to the right, 
Another uh, icon of the LA um, uh, landscape is the Griffith Observatory. If you have played Grand Theft Auto V, you'll know there's also an observatory on the top of the hill, a big building with a domed roof. Um, uh, If you've played that game as much as I have, then you will have spent a fair amount of time, I don't know, uh, driving towards it, jumping uh, jumping out of helicopters next to it. uh and that sort of thing so um anyway we went to the real one in the real world it's a fantastic place walking up uh through the park you get some really beautiful views of griffith park and the hollywood hills you can see the hollywood sign in the distance which is always a cool thing to see uh you get views over los angeles including the high-rise buildings in the downtown area those skyscrapers uh and it's it's cool to be hiking in that environment it's cool to be doing some hiking in what feels like the countryside it feels like you're just hiking up a a hillside uh, you know, somewhere out in the countryside, and then you turn around and you can see the skyline of the city. And when the sun goes down, you see the the, the all of the lights and everything. It's it's pretty cool. Uh, so, Griffith Observatory and Griffith Park are actually named after the man who donated the land uh, to the city of Los Angeles. Um, Griffith Park is about twelve uh, kilometers squared. Twelve square kilometers within the the i guess what's considered to be the the limits of los angeles there are these large parks huge spaces um and so it was this space was uh donated to los angeles by a man uh called griffith he he paid for the observatory to be built and also a theater named the griffith theater his name uh was mr griffith uh in fact his full name is griffith j griffith which is a fantastic name, isn't it? Griffith J. Griffith. Like, his surname is Griffith, and his first name is also Griffith, or was. Imagine that. Imagine calling your son Griffith Griffith. It's like, uh, so, Mr. and Mrs. Griffith, have you chosen the son, the name of your son? Were you going to call him, like, John Griffith or something? Dave Griffith? No, no, we, we thought we'd call him Griffith Griffith. Just because one Griffith isn't enough, we thought that we'd double it and call him Griffith Griffith just to make life difficult for him or easy i don't know like what's your what's your surname griffith how do you spell that g-r-i-f-f-i-t-h fine okay that was difficult but we got there in the end yeah what about your first name it's griffith oh okay but don't worry you spell it in exactly the same just repeat the same thing this is kind of easier griffith j griffith um reading about him he seemed to be quite an interesting bloke here is for example the first paragraph of Wikipedia's page about Griffith, Jenkins Griffith. Um, So Griffith, Jenkins Griffith, uh, born on the 4th of January, 1850, died on the 6th of July, 1919, was a Welsh industrialist and philanthropist. So he was Welsh. In fact, Griffith is actually a very sort of typically Welsh name. Um, He was a Brit, or more specifically, um, a Welshman. And after amassing a significant fortune from a mining syndicate in the nineteen in the eighteen eighties, so he made lots of money from mining, you know, like digging under the ground to collect, like I guess things like coal or gold or whatever. 
After amassing a significant fortune from a mining syndicate in the 1880s, Griffith donated 3,015 acres, which is just over 12 uh, square kilometres, to the city of Los Angeles, which became Griffith Park. And he bequeathed the money to build the park's Greek theatre and Griffith Observatory. He bequeathed the money. Um, now, we know that bequeathed is a nice word, isn't it? Bequeathed. That's a good word. Um, bequeathed is, basically just means uh, to give. To bequeath means to give. Uh, specifically, it's to leave property to someone um, when you die. Okay, So it's to leave property to a beneficiary. That's the person who receives the, uh, the bequeathment. Um, so to leave property to a, a, a beneficiary in a will, in the legal document, um, you know, all the, the rights are written into the will. The will is the document that you leave after you die. So it's to leave property to a, to a person or a, a beneficiary in a will. So he bequeathed um, the land uh, to the city of Los Angeles. Um, he bequeathed the money, in fact. Now, he gave the land during his life and then he bequeathed the money to build uh, the the Greek theatre, not the Griffith Theatre, the Greek Theatre and the Griffith Observatory. Uh, uh, Griffith's legacy was marred, meaning it was like tainted, like his legacy was wonderful, fantastic, what a wonderful person, a great philanthropist. This was kind of tainted or some of the shine was kind of taken off this legacy uh, according to Wikipedia, by his notorious shooting of his wife in 1903, a crime for which he served two years in prison. Blimey neck, that escalated quickly. Um, so what a weird, what a weird story. So apparently a great philanthropist who gave all this land and money, but then apparently he murdered his wife. He shot his wife. Did he? Did he shoot her or murder her? Oh, we've got to find out more about this. Haven't we? Come on, let's let's see if we can find out about this. I'm looking at Wikipedia here. Uh, he only received two years uh, in prison for that. Is that is that how it was in the 1880s? Um, you know, in the courtroom, the judge saying, "So, what's the indictment?" Well, sir, um, you well, Your Honour, uh, the uh, the the defendant is accused of uh, murder uh, by shooting. Um, and um, he shot his wife, sir, basically. Sorry, Your Honour. And the judge will be like, right, well, okay, considering the... Um, obviously, this is a, a, a shooting with a deadly weapon. It's a seriously... Um, it's a very serious uh, crime. But considering it's your wife, fine, just two years. I don't know if that's the way justice worked in those days. Let's see if we can find out more about the crime. Uh, okay, so here's what it says on Wikipedia. While vacationing in Santa Monica... On the 3rd of September, we went to Santa Monica. Didn't It didn't occur to me to murder my wife while we were there, strangely enough. But anyway, while vacationing in Santa Monica on uh, September the 3rd, 1903, Griffith shot his wife in, in the presidential suite of the Arcadia Hotel as she knelt on the floor before him. What? She was kneeling down on the floor in front of him and he shot her? Oh, this is a horrible story. The shot did not kill her, but she was left disfigured and lost her right eye. What the what the hell happened? She was left disfigured, so like 
you know, it ugly, well, I guess ugly, or some sort of uh, disfigurement uh, on her body as a result of being shot, and she lost her right eye. He shot her in the eye? Griffith was charged an assault, with assault with a deadly weapon with intent to commit murder. The prosecution was led by Henry T. Gage, former governor of California. Griffith was defended by attorney Earl Rogers, whose cross-examination of the veiled Mrs. Griffith uh, she had a veil over her face, apparently, in the courtroom. The cross-examination of the veiled Mrs. Griffith revealed that her husband, generally thought to be a teetotaler, a teetotaler is someone who doesn't drink alcohol. Everyone seemed to think that Griffith was a teetotaler. He was Welsh, though, so what are the chances? Just a joke. Just a joke, Welsh people. The one Welsh person listening to this. Um, so, uh, cross-examination of... this. This is... By the way, cross-examination in a courtroom. This is when uh, the lawyers ask uh, a witness lots of questions, basically. Cross-examination of Mrs. Griffith revealed that her husband, generally thought to be a teetotaler, was in fact a secret drunk who was subject to paranoid delusions. Oh, it's a sad story. So the guy was drinking secretly and... Uh, he was having paranoid delusions, so the, the booze was affecting his mind. Griffith was convicted of a lesser charge, assault with a deadly weapon. Okay, so the fact maybe that he was drinking and that he was suffering from like sort of mental issues resulting from that drinking, maybe these were mitigating factors. Also, the fact that the, the wife survived the shooting is another mitigating factor. But still two years? Yeah, maybe he needed um, rehab and rehabilitation and and psychiatric care or something rather than being thrown into a 19th century prison. But anyway, Griffith was convicted of a lesser charge, assault with a deadly weapon. The judge sentenced him to two years in San Quentin State Prison, instructing that he be given medical aid for his condition of alcoholic insanity. On the 4th of November 1904, while he was in prison, Mrs Griffith was granted a divorce on the grounds of cruelty, and she was awarded custody of their 16-year-old son, Vandell. Great name. Uh, the court also stated that G.J. Griffith would pay for his son's education at Stanford University. The decree was made in the record time of four and a half minutes. Wow, what a life this guy had. Um, if you want to read more about him, just Google Griffith J. Griffith. But uh, one thing's for sure, the observatory that we visited was great. Um, and that's, I guess, one part of his legacy that's positive, despite the way it seemed to go later on in his life. Um, and it's cool that this guy clearly believed in the importance of having a, an area, a space, a place dedicated to teaching ordinary people about how the earth fits into our galaxy how it interacts with the sun and the moon and all that stuff um astronomy is absolutely fascinating i think and at this point um i would just like to kind of talk about the difference between astronomy and a similar word that sometimes people confuse with astronomy and that's astrology so we've got astronomy and astrology. Okay, what's the difference? Um, astronomy, this is the scientific study of stars, planets, and natural objects in space. Okay, that's astronomy. Looking up at the night sky, 
uh, and uh, it's it's involved, you know, related to the work of astrophysicists like Neil deGrasse Tyson, for example. Astronomy, that is. Then we've got astrology. And astrology sounds similar, but it's spelled A-S-T-R-O-L-O-G-Y. And astronomy, A-S-T-R-O-N-O-M-Y. Astrology is the study of movements of stars and planets and the belief that these movements can affect the lives of humans on Earth. And that includes the predictions written into horoscopes, um, the system of star signs, and how they are said to dictate our personalities and the things that will happen to us in the future. All right, so that's astrology. So astronomy, studying space. Astrology is like... um, uh, horoscopes, star signs, and all that stuff. The things you find in the middle pages of the newspaper, in the bottom corner of the page, uh, a few little paragraphs explaining how, uh, you know, the position of Saturn or the moon or whatever is a, is going to affect your day. Now, personally, my personal opinion, I don't know what you think about this, and, you know, obviously you're, you, you can you can think about it however you like, but my personal opinion on it is that I don't believe in astrology because um, I kind of think, how could the movement of stars and planets way out in space affect whether your boss is going to give you a pay rise or if you'll have an awkward encounter with a possible lover? Um, I don't know, really. Who knows? You know, maybe our lives are totally subject to astrological forces out there and everything that happens has already been written in advance. Um, you know, maybe that's possible, uh, but I don't think there's much reliable evidence for it. Uh, but I think that's not really the point for people who believe in horoscopes. I think for them, it's not about looking for the most reliable theory to understand the universe. It's more about just finding the the uh finding the one thing that will make you feel all right about yourself or at least just reading um a little paragraph in the newspaper in the morning and just you know sort of that that might bring you some some pleasure in some way um because it probably is sort of talking to you in a way that you it's probably telling you things you want to know or uh maybe appealing to that slightly superstitious part of of you that you know I mean, everyone's a bit superstitious it's just difficult not to be and things like um horoscopes kind of appeal to that part of our mentality i suppose but i'm not buying it myself i'm not convinced by it i'm not buying it if you say i'm not buying it that means that you're just you're not convinced it doesn't it literally obviously sometimes it literally means i'm not going to spend my money on it but also, it can just mean I'm not convinced by it. So I'm not buying it. I, I don't buy astrology. I think it's a load of old nonsense, in my opinion. For example, horoscopes. Most of the horoscopes that you read, and I do read them sometimes because I find them quite interesting. Most of the horoscopes that you read, they are worded in a very ambiguous way, right? If you read a horoscope, they're never very specific, it's ne- it's never useful, really specific things. Like, for example, oh, by the way, um, uh, don't forget to bring your phone charger with you when you go out this evening. Because, uh, you see, if you're not careful, you'll go out and your phone's going to run out of battery. And, um, and then, you know, your phone will run out of battery. You won't be able to tell your flatmate to leave the spare key on the doorstep. So you'll be locked out of the flat 
and you'll have to spend the the whole night sitting in McDonald's. Okay, so don't forget to bring your phone charger when you go out. You know, that would be useful. That would be the sort of specific information that we'd need. Or even if it is about relationships, it could be, look, Dave, uh, Dave, you might think Dave has been ignoring your text messages, right? But he hasn't. The fact is, he's just feeling a bit nervous about the speed at which the relationship is progressing. And he doesn't really know how to put that into words. Okay, Sarah? Um, Or in fact, any Pisces that happens to be listening to this because... You know, uh, I'm talking to one Pisces, I'm talking to all of them, you'd imagine. Um, So, you know, it's not that kind of useful thing. Instead, you get this very vague stuff. Um, Like, for example, I mean, let's have a little look, shall we? I'm a Gemini. Um, That's my star sign. Uh, I'm a Gemini. I wonder what you think when I tell you that I'm a Gemini. I was born in May. Uh, sort of the end of May, so I'm a Gemini. What does that make you think? I find, in my experience, when I tell people I'm a Gemini, people, I don't know, people who believe in all that stuff, they have a certain kind of reaction. Like they go, ooh, ooh, like that, ooh. Because there are good star signs and and there are positive star signs and negative star signs, in my experience, um, based on how people respond to you when you tell them. Like, for example, if you say, I'm... Leo the lion, or I'm Taurus the bull. For a man, that feels like quite a good positive star sign because I'm I'm Leo the lion. I'm strong, powerful. I'm masculine and you know virile, uh, right? Um, and uh, or even Pisces, like Pisces. I'm I'm a good swimmer. I'm very you know water. water if there's a lake, no problem. I. I'm shiny. I can I can swim really well. But when I say I'm a Gemini, people are like, oh, a Gemini. Oh, which one are you? Which one am I talking to now? Is this the good one or the evil one? You, you know? Oh, you're so two-faced. What are you really thinking? Um, and, you know, come on. I'm not... I'm not... It's The point is with Gemini, right? If you even believe in it, is that it's twins, right? It's twins. It's just... It's not one evil one and one good one. It's twins. It's just the same. Two, two the same. Same, same. Yeah, same set, just normal and normal, not not good and bad, or it's not like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde or anything, it's just same, same. Not even same, same, but different, it's just same, same, but yeah, just the same. Uh, so anyway, I'm a Gemini, so let's have a look at what the, um, what a, this is just, I just googled Gemini horoscope today, and I've ended up on astrology.com, and today's horoscope for Gemini is this. It goes like this. After days of lugging around your secrets, their secrets, and the secrets of everyone you work with, you're tired of this. Tired of the intrigue, tired of being afraid to say anything at all, and tired of worrying that you've just slipped and said the wrong thing to the wrong person. Enough. It's not in your nature to be deceptive. You'd better start passing that information around. What the... What the hell does that mean, really? I mean, let's... let's Okay, let's look at that again. Break it down. See if we can actually make sense of this. After lugging around your secrets, lugging something around, this means carrying it around. If you're lugging something, it means carrying it around. Like, for example, me on holiday with my wife. 
Um, even when she's not pregnant, I'm always the one who's lugging around the bags because I'm I'm Gemini. The oh, it doesn't work <laughs> because I'm a man and I just happen to have stronger arms than her, so I tend to do more of the lugging around. She plans the itineraries. I lug the bags. That's the deal. Anyway, lugging. There's a new word. That's a good word. So after days of lugging around your secrets. So apparently I've been carrying around these heavy secrets for days. Uh, have I? I? You know what? I would say it's, it's quite the opposite of that. Because for the last few days, like, I've been talking on this podcast and even like replying to comments on my website and on social media and doing the opposite of keeping secrets i've been telling people lots of people about private things i you know i talked about things that we've done on holiday and i mentioned the the, the fact that my wife's pregnant so i've been doing the opposite of going around with my secrets so that's wrong after days of lugging around your secrets their secrets which, what's that mean? Their secrets. Is that the secrets of my secrets? Or I guess that means other people's secrets. But their secrets, it's so ambiguous that I guess the reader is supposed to go, ah, yeah, I know what that means. Yeah, The reader is supposed to fill in all of the missing information themselves and just make it fit. That's the thing, right? Uh, after days of lugging around your secrets, their secrets, I don't know who they are, but and the secrets of everyone you work with, You're tired of this. Now, the only true thing here, I guess, would be that anyone listening to this, or sorry, anyone reading this horoscope, all it requires, the only true thing there that they can attach themselves to is the fact that there are secrets. And it's it's not limiting the secrets to the reader. It's limiting, it's opening out the possibility of those secrets applying to the reader, to anyone else the reader knows or works with. So basically, all that first sentence is, is this. There are secrets and you're tired. Okay, most people are tired. I'd say you're probably tired about half the time, right? So there are secrets and you're probably tired. That's all that means. You're tired of the intrigue. The intrigue is like the mystery. The mystery. Though I imagine this would appeal to someone who's... um, who wants to know other people's secrets, wouldn't you think? Or someone who wants to know what what's going on with other people's business. That's the mystery. Because if you've got your own secrets, that's no problem. But it's the intrigue is other people's secrets. You're tired of the intrigue. You're tired of being afraid to say anything at all. This, I guess, means that someone has told you a secret and you're you want to tell other people about it but you can't and this is making you tired and you're tired of worrying that you've just slipped and said the wrong thing to the wrong person so it's tiring to keep someone else's secret isn't it it really makes you tired because you're concerned that you're going to you know but accidentally give the secret away i mean you could just not talk about it at all uh and then the horoscope goes enough that's enough right it's not in your nature to be deceptive. No, that's a nice thing to read, isn't it? Would you, I mean, no matter what your horoscope is, would you agree that it, it is in your nature to be deceptive? I don't think you would. I don't think anyone would happily admit that, yeah, I'm a deceptive person by nature. I'm, a, I'm an absolute out-and-out liar. I'm quite proud to admit that. 
I just never tell the truth. You know, no one's going to say that. That's one of those Barnum statements, you know, a statement designed to appeal to everyone. It's, it's a statement that seems specific, but actually, when you think about it, it would apply to absolutely everyone. It's the kind of statement like this, like, you, you know, you're proud to have a good sense of humour. Everybody is proud to have a good sense. Everyone thinks they've got a good sense of humour. I think in a, in a private horoscope, if someone said, you know, uh, friends like you because of your nice sense of humour, you'd be like, yeah, oh, that's nice. Yeah, that is me because I do have a good sense of humour, don't I? Everyone wants to have a good sense of humour or they want to feel they've got one. Enough. It's not in your nature to be deceptive. You better start passing that information around. What? So the, the horoscope is suggesting that I should tell everyone other people's secrets so someone let's imagine someone has told me a secret like for example look don't tell anyone about this luke but i really just really need to talk to you about it but please don't tell anyone because it's so personal you know i'm just having this particular kind of problem uh in the bedroom and i just i wonder what you know i should do about it and, and i say to him look this is not a real conversation by the way this didn't happen it's just uh imaginary imagine this one so uh and i'd say look you know maybe you could uh you know get some medication for that and i understand like if you're having bedroom issues then that that can affect your relationship and so you know you might want to get some help or maybe change your diet or, or or something like that you know it's fine you know don't worry it's not going to it's not the end of the world there are ways to solve this don't worry i'm not going to tell anyone about it i promise your secret's safe with me i'm your good friend i'm not going to tell anyone okay so imagine i've had that conversation with a friend and then i read my horoscope and it goes it's tiring isn't it keeping people's secrets it's really tiring and you know it's really tiring because it's it's exhausting feeling like you might have said the wrong thing and that you and you know you you're not a deceptive person you're so you're you're a truthful person aren't you yeah so i think you should start telling everyone about the secret that's what this is saying it's not in your nature to be deceptive. You better start passing that information around, hadn't you? Which is basically telling. I'm imagining the sort of person who would read this would be the kind of person who like works in some office. They don't really care about their job. They're more interested in the gossip in the office. And maybe they heard a bit of gossip from someone. And, you know, the, the pressure is like, oh, you shouldn't really tell other people about that because gossiping is bad, especially when, you know, that information might not even be true. Uh, you know, it might just be something you've overheard and maybe you're just adding a little bit of your own sort of creative uh, uh, elements to it as well. Uh, but, you know, you better start passing that information around, hadn't you? That's exactly what that person would want to read. Uh, so I think that that's what horoscopes are all about. It's not about accurate predictions of the future or genuine, accurate stuff about our lives. I think it's more that it just kind of it's just the sort of thing that people like to hear because it gives them a certain level of comfort or it gives them some uh, confidence, a feeling of confidence, or it makes you feel special because it feels like this was written just for you. And uh, you can use it maybe to like bounce your own ideas off. So if you've got ideas that have been bouncing around in your head, you can read the horoscope and it can just give you a way to uh, think about uh, your your problem and, and make the right decision. But, you know, be careful because some horoscopes are telling you to, to, to reveal secrets about your friends to, to other people. All right. Well, uh, there we go. That was just an example of the horoscope for Gemini. I thought I'd... Wait a minute. Okay, here's another test, all right? Now, just bear with me. I'm just having fun here, kind of uh, being sceptical. Um, because I've worked out that I, I think I'm a sceptic. I think I've worked that out. 
Um, I did a, a I did a sort of one of those tests on Facebook. <laughs> Not really. A, I don't know if this is a really reliable test. But I did one of those tests on Facebook, which is like, what kind of uh, philosophical school would you belong to? So it's a fairly highbrow one. Not like, what Star Wars character are you? I'm Luke Skywalker, obviously. But actually, I wonder if I did a Star Wars test, which one I would be. Anyway, it was, what school of philosophical thought do you belong to? And it turned out that I'm a, I'm a skeptic. A skeptic is someone who doesn't believe everything they, they read or hear, and they want to explore... Uh, those things uh, in detail before they'll accept things as being true uh, I think it's a healthy thing to be a skeptic um, anyway because um, I'm skeptical let's do a little test here so my brother he's been ill okay he's fine he's getting much better he's much better now he's had flu okay influenza uh, which is you know, a horrible virus that that uh, knocks you off your feet for for five days if it's the proper flu it can put you in bed for five days. So he's been ill with flu. I've been texting him and stuff and um, just sort of, you know, checking up on him a bit. Um, thankfully, now he's feeling a lot better. Yesterday, he started to feel much better. Uh, so if we can find... Uh, he's a Pisces, by the way. So if we can find the uh, horoscope for Pisces for the day before yesterday... And we'll see if it mentions anything about him being really sick in bed. It won't. Uh, let's just... Uh, Pisces horror... I'm going to pause it while I look for this. Hold on. Okay, um, I've unpaused because I've found what I'm looking for. I've got today's Pisces horoscope for the 30th of August, 2017. This is the, this is the day when James was feeling really rotten uh, with flu and he was in bed feeling really, really sick. And, okay, let's see. Let's see if it mentions anything like that. So, let's see. He's got his love horoscope, health horoscope. This is from chetekasli.com. Pisces horoscope, 30th of August. Pisces daily health horoscope. Change your eating patterns today, and you will see how you start to improve on certain annoying symptoms in your health. Well, James's eating ha- habits, I understand, two days ago, were that he couldn't eat anything. So it doesn't matter if he changed his... I guess he did change his eating habits, but not by choice. Uh, he, he couldn't eat anything because he was really ill. Change your eating habits today and you'll see how you start to improve on certain annoying symptoms in your health. I think the symptoms he was experiencing were not just annoying. I think they were genuinely like really difficult. In general, to feel good, you only need to change... You only need a change of attitude and effectively exercise your willpower. I think that that's not fair either because, uh, in general, to feel good, I think James didn't just need a change of attitude. I think probably to reduce all of the white blood cell counts in his uh, in his in his veins might help. So rather than just an attitude change, I think that probably uh, uh, um, getting rid of the flu virus, which was running rampant in his body, was probably more of a concern. So really, what it should have said. For, for James two days ago, his horoscope should have said, um, James or Pisces, I suppose, no, you know, Pisces, you've got flu. It's all, it's awful. I know. It's a nightmare having flu. Um, you feel like you're going to die or something. You're not even sure if it's flu. You're worrying. You're thinking, is this flu or is this something much worse? You can't eat. 
You keep having to go to the toilet. You can't sleep properly. You're even a bit delirious. But don't worry, okay? I know you feel terrible, but try not to panic because it's just flu, okay? Make sure you drink loads of water. You probably can't eat anything, but try and see if you can eat maybe like a little bit of bread or something. But don't worry if you can't hold it down. Make sure you drink plenty of water, okay? Maybe you can get some of those rehydration salts. If you've got any in the bathroom, you could try uh, using some of them because you're going to lose a lot of fluid. So you need to rehydrate yourself. Stay in bed. Get plenty of rest. uh, And if your symptoms don't get better in a couple of days, call NHS Direct. Just Google it and speak to uh, a doctor or nurse uh, at the NHS and they can give you the correct advice that you need. But it's flu. Don't worry. Just drink lots of water. Get plenty of rest. You're going to be okay. Don't worry. Okay? Right. Just watch some stupid, like, videos on TV. Watch Star Wars or whatever uh, and you'll be fine. That would be more useful, wouldn't it? Okay, I think I've probably proven my point here. Uh, I did write some other things down about astrology. Um, That was just ambiguous horoscopes but the thing is you know i think we're not the center of the universe i think that we're much we're part of something much larger than we can possibly imagine i quite like saying that sentence because it makes me sound like i'm obi-wan kenobi we're part of something much larger than we can possibly imagine sure saturn is a huge thing out there in space i'm talking to people who at this point are going yeah but astrology though i like it you know but you know the 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 planets you know they're huge celestial bodies and uh what about like radiation and gravity and stuff they do exert influence over the universe don't they isn't it possible that somehow the movement of these planets around the galaxy could maybe create some sort of uh circumstances in which our individual lives on earth could be affected by it you know is that not possible well okay certainly saturn for example one of the planets is a huge thing out there in space it does have forces of gravity which pull things towards it there's probably radiation that comes from it of some kind but really my iphone probably produces more radiation than saturn certainly if i keep it in my pocket it's probably I'm probably being exposed to more radiation from my iPhone than I am from Saturn because my iPhone is so much closer to me than Saturn. You know, I get it. Saturn is big, but it's also very, very far away. That's the thing. The mass of the table in front of me probably exerts more influence on me than the mass of Saturn at this distance. And if horoscopes can predict the future, why aren't they front page news? Uh, I don't know that. I don't know why. Maybe the you know maybe they don't put horoscopes on the front page because they don't want to seem like they're arrogant. You know they don't want to seem arrogant, so they're like, yeah, we can predict the future. We know what's going to happen. We know what's going to happen to the money markets, to the environment, to each individual person in their love life, their financial life, their work life. We know all of that stuff, but you know we don't like to make a big deal out of it. You know. You know, horoscopes are never on the front page. They're always in the middle of the newspaper next to the crossword or down next to the Sudoku. It's like, yeah, we know the future of your children and every human on earth. But, you know, let's not make a big deal out of it. Let's just print it down here in the corner next to these puzzles. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, at the Griffith Observatory, it was nice to get a dose of some space stuff, some astronomy. And it's great to see that this building 
which was commissioned by Griffith, J. Griffith himself, is devoted to educating people about astronomy and that loads of people were there, families with their children, even if those children were rather annoying for us. Um, I expect that we're going to be one of those, you know, we're going to be parents like that, taking their kids to the science museum and annoying everyone. Hey, mommy, look at this. This is awesome. Uh, Hopefully uh, my kid or kids won't uh, speak with that voice. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, it's good to see the families there with the children. It's good to see that children are being educated about science. And um, in in the observatory, they have cool... It's like a bit like a science museum on the top of the hill. And uh, they have cool interactive models and presentations about the Earth's orbit around the sun. There's live telescope footage of the sun itself. Obviously through lots and lots of filters, of course, because you shouldn't look directly at the sun through a telescope. You shouldn't even look through the sun, look at the sun with your with the naked eye, unless you're Donald Trump, of course. Did you see that? There was the, the solar eclipse, as I mentioned, and lots of people in, in America were looking at the eclipse and, you know, people were using their special filtered glasses and stuff. And on the TV... All the news channels were saying, you know, people across the country today are looking at the solar eclipse. But we have to remind viewers, do not stare directly into the sun. It can be damaging and can cause blindness. You know, so they were recommending that no one look at the, the sun directly because it can blind you. Even even for a fairly short period of time, it can burn out the, the, the cells on the back of your eye. It can seriously damage your eyesight. But there was Donald Trump looking directly at the sun. Good job, Donald. Well done. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, what are we going to do? What could he say? I mean, n- n- it, that's not even anything to do with his politics. It's just, it's just, just don't look at the sun, for goodness sake. Don't look directly at the sun. Just don't do it. And he's like, I'm going to look at the sun. I've got the greatest eyes. My eye, I don't need this, the, the filters. It's, they're fake filters. I'm going to look at the sun. It's fine. My, I'm, you know, you know, that kind of thing. And the earth is round, by the way here we go again so this is my this is me being skeptical again here we go the earth is round which it is round so i'm not being skeptical about that uh, you know i think that's true of course but i'm being skeptical about other people's skepticism on that uh, topic because there are some people out there and it seems to be getting more and more uh, popular and trendy these days for some people out there to to believe that the earth is flat now, we, obviously, hundreds of years ago, people thought that the Earth was flat. You know, that was the accepted uh, view. And, and then, obviously, as we learnt more and more about the, the nature of the, the, the world and the universe and everything, we, you know, it became clear to us that the Earth was, was not flat. It's actually a globe, you know. And all of, the, all of the things that we've learnt about the way the world works show us that the, the Earth is a globe. And, in fact, you can go out it's possible to go out of the atmosphere and observe the Earth from a distance. You can see it's a it's it's a globe spinning in space, right? I mean, it, it it's it's like irrefutable, really. Now that 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 uh, information, and yet there are people who are convinced that the Earth is flat, and this uh, idea is is somehow spreading across the internet, mainly in America, I think. But there are British conspiracy are they conspiracy theorists? I think they are conspiracy theorists because 
uh, along with the idea that the, the the earth is flat there is also this whole theory that there is a conspiracy by the governments of the world and organizations like nasa or anyone else who's involved in space exploration they're all uh, working together to deceive the world and to try and make the world think that the earth is round when in fact it's it's uh, a flat uh, object uh, so there is a conspiracy theory relating to it as well um now, I, I didn't actually meet anyone or at least speak to anyone in the USA who believed in the flat earth theory, but I have seen lots of talk about it online. Uh, there, there's, there are quite a lot of YouTubers and even famous musicians and celebrities who spread the idea uh, that the earth is flat and that there's a, a global, uh, although I guess they wouldn't use the word global, would they? Uh, I don't know what word they would use instead of the word global, but they believe there is a worldwide there it is, worldwide. Worldwide? Yeah, I suppose that works if you think the world is flat, doesn't it? Uh, they think there's a worldwide conspiracy to convince us all that the world is in fact a globe, uh, not a, a flat thing. Uh, it seems that America is the world's number one place for conspiracy theories. Why is that, do you think? Not, not entirely sure why that is. I'm quite interested in conspiracy theories. I find it quite interesting. I'm, I'm willing to hear the arguments. I like to hear people's arguments about conspiracy theories because i just sort of i don't know it just i just find it fascinating like how people can come up with this stuff and why are they thinking this some of actually i have to say some so-called conspiracy theories are actually fairly convincing for example honestly i'm a bit skeptical about the official story of the jfk assassination um you know the official story being he got shot by one guy who uh, you know, from a window really quite far away from uh, the president when it happened. And, you know, like just, you don't really need to be paranoid to sort of feel that that story's a bit suspicious. Um, so I'm a bit skeptical about that one. I'm not, I don't believe all of the stories about it, but I, always, I kind of think, well, maybe we don't have the full truth about that. But I don't pretend to know what really happened. That's the difference. I kind of think, you know, you look at uh, the, the JFK assassination and you think, well, that the, the official story doesn't quite satisfy. But that doesn't mean I think I know what happened. You know, just because it's unsatisfying doesn't mean my response is then, well, I don't believe that story. Therefore alien uh alien ninjas uh from the reptile planet four came down through a wormhole uh with the help of the russians and implanted bullets that were already there you know I'd, you know what i mean like you have to make a huge leap when you start to like construct a whole alternative um uh, account of what happened based on like grainy black and white uh, photographs that you've seen on the internet uh, late at night you know when you've had a few too many drinks or something you know what I mean so you know anyway I find conspiracy theories interesting some of them are more believable than others uh, and, and some of them are, are completely ridiculous I think that the flat earth theory is one of the most ridiculous ones I think for me personally my favorite awful and ridiculous conspiracy theory i say favorite i don't really mean favorite i mean my the one i love to hate the most is the the paul mccartney is dead conspiracy theory i can't go into that now that's another another story for another time here we're talking about the flat earth 
idea. So what's a quick summary of the flat earth theory? This is from livescience.com. The article is, are flat earthers being serious? You can also find, you know, flat earth websites of their own, but this is just a a, a quick, uh, um, a a quick summary. Um, So, Uh, Members of the Flat Earth Society claim to believe the Earth is flat. Walking around on the planet's surface, it certainly looks and feels flat. So they consider all evidence uh, that uh, doesn't agree with that. For example, satellite photos of Earth as a sphere. They consider all that evidence to be fabrications of a round-Earth conspiracy orchestrated by NASA and other government agencies. The belief that the Earth is flat has been described as the ultimate conspiracy theory. According to the Flat Earth Society's leadership, its ranks have grown by 200 people, mostly Americans and Britons. This is a bit embarrassing. Uh, It's grown by 200 people per year since 2009. Judging by the exhaustive effort Flat Earthers have invested in fleshing out the theory on their website as well as the, 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 the strong defences of their views they offer in media interviews and on Twitter, it would seem that these people genuinely believe that the Earth is flat. But in the 21st century, can they really be serious? And if so, how is this psychologically possible? Um, here are just some of the things that they believe. So this is the situation through the eyes of a flat earther. First, a brief tour of the worldview of a flat earther. While writing off buckets of concrete evidence so if you write something off you just sort of say i don't accept it i'm writing it off i don't accept it right uh that's one meaning of to write something off is when you just sort of go no i'm not accepting that as evidence so they write off buckets of concrete evidence that the earth is spherical and they also accept a a, a big list of uh, propositions that some people would call completely ludicrous. So I don't know why, but they choose not to believe the scientific evidence. Uh, Instead, they they choose to accept, um, you know, all kinds of ludicrous um, evidence or evidence that some people would consider to be ludicrous, ridiculous. The leading flat earther theory holds or suggests or maintains that Earth is a disk with the Arctic Circle in the centre so I guess that's like the North Pole, all of the Arctic. The Arctic is in the centre of the disk. And Antarctica, what you know we consider to be the South Pole, Antarctica is in fact a 150-foot tall wall of ice that goes all the way around the rim of the disk. Okay, big disk, uh, 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 the Arctic in the middle, and then the, the Antarctic is in fact a huge wall of ice that goes whole, all the way around the rim of of this disc it's i mean it's bollocks it's just come on uh nasa employees they say guard this wall to prevent people from climbing over and falling off the disc in keeping with their skepticism of nasa known flat earther conspiracy theory nathan thompson oh he's a thompson oh come on mate thompson approached a man he said was a nasa employee in a starbucks in May 2017, uh, in the exchange, Thompson, the founder of the Flat Earth and Globe discussion page, shouted that he had proof that the Earth is flat, apparently saying an astronaut drowning was the proof and that NASA is lying. Okay, 
all right, fine. So flat earthers are the sorts of people that would accost a NASA employee in Starbucks and start shouting, I've got proof. And people are like, well, can we just let, can you just, can we drink our coffees first? Okay. Slurp, slurp, slurp. Okay, fine. Go on. And they're like, the proof is that uh, a NASA astronaut drowned in the ocean. What? That's the, that's the evidence. How do you connect the two things? Anyway, Earth's day and night cycle is explained by the flat earthers by suggesting that the sun and moon are in fact spheres measuring only 32 miles that mo- so these are like fairly small things the earth uh, the sun and the moon these 51 kilometer spheres circles that that move in circles 3000 miles above the plane of the earth so the earth's flat and the sun and moon are just like these these circles that are turning uh, 3,000 miles above uh, Earth. Uh-huh. And like spotlights, these celestial spheres illuminate different portions of the planet in a 24-hour cycle. Flat Earthers believe there must also be an invisible anti-moon that obscures the moon during low lunar eclipses. Oh... Flipping heck, man. I mean, what a load of old codswallop. Um, I mean, I think it's ridiculous believing the Earth is flat uh, because because, um, it means you, you have to also reject certain principles, right? So if you believe the Earth is flat, not only do you have to come up with a really convincing set of theories that that explains and undoes all of the uh, understandings of astronomy and astrophysics and even just physics that we've that we've worked out so far uh, but you know you, if you believe in it you've got to reject these things you've got to reject basically all of the basic understandings that we have of the way the world works including the laws of physics um, including the the law of gravity the idea that mass the higher the mass, the the more it attracts objects to it, the more it affects space and time, that gravity bends uh, time and pulls objects towards it, right? So that principle is out of the window. Um, These things that have been tested time and time again, scientifically, which means uh, subject to the most reliable forms of objective testing and scrutiny that are possible, you have to reject all of that. You've got to reject the Big Bang th- theory and you've got to uh, uh, reject the basic law of, of, of gravity, like I said. And you also have to believe that all the governments, all the shipping companies, all the airline companies, all the scientists in different communities around the globe from different countries, and in fact, all of those underpaid science teachers working in schools, you have to Uh, believe that all of those people are part of a huge organized conspiracy to maintain the idea that the earth is round when in fact it's flat so first of all like why what's the purpose i don't it's i don't know if it's been made clear why the flat earthers believe that this conspiracy is even in place what do people have to benefit um from like making people believe that the earth is is round when it's actually flat how could that how could that benefit us i mean uh, benefit those people us ooh he said us he's part of the conspiracy um like if you were trying to i don't know 
I don't know. Obviously, it's bollocks. I mean, I shouldn't even think about it because the, the more you think about it, the more mental it becomes. And anyway, it's impossible to keep a secret like that. We're just not competent enough to do it, are we? I mean, as a species, we're not able to keep secrets like that. We can't even keep a sex tape secret. So what chance do we have of maintaining a lie that big? Um, Honestly, I think that we have to look at why people choose to believe in this kind of thing. Why is it people are um, losing their trust in knowledge itself? Why do people lose trust in in, uh, the general belief system? I think it goes together with a a general sense of distrust in authority, a feeling of individual empowerment that you get when you believe something like that, and just the simple human ability to get stuck in a certain way of thinking, to get stuck in a certain worldview, and then just block out everything that contradicts it, even if you know, if even if it's rational evidence that's been proven over and over again, if it doesn't really agree with the, the, the worldview that you've chosen for whatever reason, you know, people will find a way of just blocking that stuff out, which is a pity because it, it, it becomes dangerous, you know. I think that once a person has invested themselves in a certain belief system for whatever reason, it's actually very hard to get them out of it. Belief systems core beliefs are so powerful because they inform the way that we see the world and and inform like the way we interact with the world completely um and you know it it, it's it's very hard to kind of break someone away from their core belief system for example you might hear a conspiracy theorist say something like this you might hear i believe the earth is flat and no one can convince me that it's not Or, I believe that 9-11 was an inside job and no one can convince me that it's not. So if you ever hear that argument, no one can convince me that um, uh, Paul McCartney is still alive, then that kind of tells you everything you need to know, really, because these people aren't really interested in being convinced with evidence. They're not interested in weighing up the evidence in a really objective sense. Um, they're They're not interested in being convinced. You can't convince them. Because every time you try and convince someone who believes that kind of thing, they're just going to fill, they're just going to add you into, you're just going to become part of the conspiracy. That's it. Any evidence that doesn't support their idea is immediately dismissed as being a part of the conspiracy. If you're willing to believe that there's a conspiracy in place, then it's very easy to just you know put all of the evidence that disproves your belief into that category it's just part of the conspiracy and the conspiracy gets bigger and bigger and bigger you know it's like you know next thing it's 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 nasa and next thing it's the education system and then the government of america and then oh well obviously the british government involved as well and yeah but what about you know all of the european uh, space projects oh okay well it's then it's 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 bigger than we thought it's the european union uh america and the european union uh it's a it's a it's a pan-american european thing what about the chinese space program oh well, well obviously the chinese have been brought into it too and the indians as well and like the japanese and the russians and and you know everyone has been you know even the the australians and the people all the people in papua new guinea who are fired their first rocket or whatever it is you know the conspiracy grows and grows and grows until eventually the entire world is on the other side of this imaginary line that you've created um 
In the end, people are just more interested in pursuing their belief system and maintaining it. Why? I don't really know. I think it's an aspect of human nature. You can see it in lots of other situations too. Like, for example, the way that people end up getting involved in certain religious cults. Um, you know, where it's a very where the, the cult that they become part of separates itself from the rest of the community and it's all a very much a them and us kind of thing. Or you can see it in the way that people sometimes do very bad things because they believe that they're carrying out some kind of divine plan. It is quite dangerous because when people get sucked into these kinds of belief systems, uh, then, you know, they're at the risk of being sort of brain, uh, brainwashed. People can uh, do bad things, believing they're doing good things. Um, it's pretty dangerous. I think we've got to try and maintain critical thinking. We've got to try and maintain a scientific outlook. I mean, feel free to dis- to disagree. You know, you could write your dis- disagreement in the comment section if you want. I encourage you to do it. Please do it in the rational way, you know. Uh, or in the comment section, you could at least just sort of put your thoughts in there. What do you think about these conspiracy theories? Uh, what do you think about the flat earth uh, idea? Do you think there's any substance to it? Uh, and if you do, you know, put some evidence in the comments. Or at least just, you know, give us your thoughts. Like if you think it's crazy, then let us know. You could just write a few words. I encourage you to try and put your thoughts into words in English uh, in the comments section. I mean... Uh, I don't think flat earthers are as bad as as like sort of radical cult members or whatever. I guess they're not as bad as that, I suppose. But, you know, what happened? What would happen? Imagine what would happen if, let's say, the president one day came out as a flat earther. I say the president. It could be the president of any country. What would happen if the president suddenly announced that he was a flat earther? Let's say it's Donald Trump. If Donald Trump one day goes, starts retweeting uh, the tweets of flat earth conspiracy theorists. Okay, let's start. Let's say he starts doing that, which is not too far fetched. You could imagine him doing that. You know, don't you think? I don't know if he suddenly fell out with the director of NASA and he's like, totally sad NASA space exploration. It's all fake. The earth is flat, folks. Believe me. You know, he might be doing that. I don't know. Imagine that he started doing that. Uh, then what would happen? Would flat earth theories start to, ev- to, to, to creep into people's lives more and more with the validation of someone like the president? You know, would flat earth theories start to enter schools? Would more and more people start to believe it? And if the, if the flat earthers eventually outnumbered the scientific community... The, the round earth community, if you like, if, if the flat earth has suddenly outnumbered the round earth community, would flat earth become the dominant idea? Hundreds of years of history could be wiped out by a belief system like that. It's actually possible. That's the thing. I mean, I say it's possible in theory. I don't think it's really possible because as soon as you get up to any kind of level where you're dealing with things like satellites... If you have to, if you work in a company that deals with satellites uh, or anything that involves, you know, some some relationship with space, then, y- you know, you're not going to get very far. I mean, I mean, how 
I don't know how like uh, the flat Earth people explain satellites, but if you if flat Earth became really widespread, eventually it would stop because it would just come up against the basic barrier of real life, right? You know what? Before we end this uh, episode, I would just like to um, just listen to a couple of flat earthers on YouTube. I just went onto YouTube. Hold on. Sorry, a bit of noise. I went onto YouTube and I just searched flat earth and I found a video called flat earth uh, cringe compilation. So a cringe is when you, you kind of go, oh, oh, like when something's embarrassing. So admittedly, I'm, you could say I'm choosing a video which is presenting flat earthers uh, in an embarrassing context. Maybe I should just randomly look for one that's that's kind of giving us um, a proper overview. But I challenge you to do that. If you can find a really, really convincing flat earth video on YouTube, share it in the comments section. I'm not trying to block out those things. Uh, I didn't spend that much time on it. But uh, anyway, flat earth. Let's hear a couple of flat earthers. I'm going to play a little bit. You're going to hear maybe a, a less than a minute of someone talking. See if you can follow what he's saying. And I'll just give you some comments afterwards. Here we go. Some people ask me, you know, if, if the earth is flat, man, like, is the are the other planets flat? Are the stars flat too? You can't hold on to old obsolete beliefs that you've been taught. Like, everything that you've been taught is a lie. It's programming. Shouts out to all the people who bought telescopes and who got, you know, the cameras with the super zoom so you can actually see it for yourself. You can see this for yourself. Whoa, okay. Pretty dangerous stuff there, actually, I think. Now, you know, you might just say this guy's an idiot. And maybe he is. The point is, though, that the sorts of people who are perpetuating things like Flat Earth are, you know, sometimes quite high-profile people there are some celebrities, some musicians, some sports stars, and people who've got a fairly big following on, on YouTube um, and on Twitter and stuff are, are going on about this stuff. And, you know, they're quite influential people. These are influencers in the world of a kind. And so you might think the person's just an idiot, but actually it's a little dangerous because they have some influence. Like a lot of young people look up to these uh, sports stars and music stars. What did this guy say? Let's have a listen again. The Earth is flat, man. Like, is the are the other planets flat? The Earth is flat, man. Like, are the other planets flat? Um, the Earth is flat, man. Are the other planets flat? Good question. Uh, the answer is no, because we know. I mean, all you need to do is get a telescope and look out in the sky, and you know, see the way that the 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 planets spin round. You know, they've got their orbits, and if you spend enough time and you really work it out if you actually commit yourself to really understanding it you will the only possible uh answer that you can arrive at if you study it properly uh, um you know is that these uh objects are actually orbiting the sun uh, like we are they're not orbiting us we're not the center of the universe we're just you know an amazing coincidence that happened i think that maybe that's part of it the people don't like the idea that we're just sort of uh, kind of like a weird natural coincidence that life exists on earth and we're not even the center of it we're just like a little little ball of fluff in the corner of a huge cathedral i don't know if cathedral is the right word 
We're just like a, a little grain of sand on a huge beach somewhere. We're not the center. It's not all spinning around us. Now, that might make f- people feel they're insignificant or like that this is not meaningful, but it's quite the opposite. I think that um, when you understand that you're part of this much, much larger thing and all of it, the whole universe is made up of like um, um, elements that exist throughout the universe and all the elements in your body, all the carbon and hydrogen and oxygen, all those things, all come from stars that exploded millions and millions and millions of years ago, that we're all made up of the same stuff, that all the processes um, that make the world work operate within us. They also operate within the universe. These are the laws of physics. We're all part and parcel of this grand cosmic ballet that's going on. So it's not meaningless. In fact, it's quite the opposite. It's it's very, very meaningful, you know. Um, it's just about the way you think about it. So it, the, the universe doesn't have to revolve around us for us to feel like we are special, uh, I think. Um, he's saying he's he's saying the Earth is flat. He's convinced of that. And now he's kind of saying, are all the other planets flat? He doesn't seem to know really what he's talking about. Are the stars flat too? You can't hold on to old obsolete beliefs that you've been taught. Like everything that you've been taught is a lie. Right. That's a really dangerous thing to say. You can't hold on to old obsolete things that you've been told. Now, okay, that's that's true, right? You can't hold on to old obsolete ideas. An obsolete idea is an idea that's just not relevant anymore. And certainly in science, you know, that's what that's all about, right? That you you have certain ideas or theories, and then eventually through testing and research, those ideas may be disproven. You know, like, for example, I can't think of a good example right now. I'm sure there were certain um, uh, theories about sort of the way uh, certain laws of physics worked, which eventually were modified or changed or even disproven. That's what science is. It's just this constant process of checking and double-checking and testing and revising the way that we understand the world, you know? It's not just one answer, like, there it is, there's the answer, done. Okay, now, don't disagree with me. You know, it's not like that. It's just an open system where people can disagree with each other, and it's all based on, like, this sort of gradual process of, like, bringing light into the darkness you know we don't have to know everything all the time that's fine so he's saying you shouldn't hold on to old obsolete ideas okay and then he says everything that you've been told is a lie so he what he's saying is that the round earth thing is an obsolete idea and that he you know because of his lack of trust in the education system he thinks that uh uh like everything that you've been taught is a lie really everything i've been taught is a lie so like i was taught that water boils at 100 degrees centigrade that's a lie is it um i was told i was told not to accept uh sweets from strangers uh that is that not true anymore either you know i don't know i, I shouldn't spend much more time on these guys because you know what's the point it's programming it's programming so you know I know. I just think it reveals a distrust in the system. I think it's probably an, a fail, a failure of education because people like this, you know, they they don't really know how to critically think, and maybe it's because 
they've come out of an educational system or they they live in a society where they feel like no one really cares about them there's this sense of uh, they're disenfranchised by society the idea that uh you know if you're if you grow up in a world where or certainly if you come from a community where you feel like the government or the 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 mainstream forces the government the media the education system if you feel like they don't really care about you then it's very easy to stop trusting what they say to you and that's going to lead you to you know deciding that the earth is flat and that every person in authority is lying to you uh it encourages uh, feelings of paranoia and delusion i think i think it's a problem in education people need to be taught or you know the, the maybe the government needs to perhaps have a bit more care towards people so they don't lose all trust in in education Shouts out to all the people who bought telescopes and who got, you know, the cameras with the super zoom so you can actually see it for yourself. You can see it for yourself. Yeah, you can see it for yourself. You can see this for yourself. Speaking about the flat earth. Now, this guy, it, this is actually kind of a sad story because the, uh, this guy, let me just play it to you. Uh, why do you think it's a sad story from my point of view? With, you know, people you care about like your family, your loved ones, your wife, your children, whatever. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's very difficult to talk about these things. Or you're either going to be in one of two situations. Either you're going to be in a, a situation where rejected, and that's been really common for me so far since I've been talking to my family, But uh, or you're, gonna, you're either going to be accepted. And... Um, you know, it's the same way with YouTube, you know. It, it's not really that big of a deal. Their egos are going to get in the way of their their thought, you know, about the whole thing. And uh, some people already have. We're going to talk about family and the flat earth right now. I started talking to my brother about this type of stuff. And he was the most open-minded guy in my entire family. I thought for sure that this guy, he'd be like... At least be willing to listen to what I had to say, you know, or at least, like, try to research it himself or something like that, you know. I know he's busy with his own kids and stuff, but still, no need to shun me now. My mother. I tried to talk to my mother about this. Shunned. Can't even get a hold of my mom anymore. Tried talking to my sister about this. That is the last thing she wants to hear. I understand where people are coming from. They're... Their minds get in the way. They they just don't want to question anything. They just don't want to look at things. And that's fine. It's it's up to you. I mean, like I said before in my previous videos, uh, it's all up to you about how you want to deal plane of existence or uh, planet or whatever the fuck you want to call it. You want to believe NASA? Go ahead and believe NASA. I don't, I don't really care anymore. Uh, the thing is that I care about is just speaking my mind and being able to do that on YouTube, and I'm totally happy with that. Y'all can go fuck yourselves or even my own family. Go fuck yourselves. I don't care. You guys don't want to listen to me. You guys want to shun me out of your lives like I'm the psycho fucking child of the family. Well, good job. Good job, Mom. Good job, bro. No, dude, I'm not insane. I'm not insane. I've just been looking at this stuff. I, I've been questioning things. We all have our issues in life. You know, like we, we make mistakes. We, we do the, the wrong things in certain times. And it's, it's just, it's not 
quite the same. Trying to explain to your own mother about the flat earth. I wouldn't be sitting here talking about this stuff if I didn't think it was real. The earth is not what they say it is. That's all I know. I've seen no curvature when I've been on the ocean. I've seen no curvature when I've been on airplanes. It's just a big flat plane. That's what it looks like. You heard that that video seemed edited. Uh, I don't know who edited that. Um, I think probably he did, but I don't know. But it's quite common when you see um, like YouTubers on YouTube, often their videos are like quite heavily edited. So it could have been edited by him. Could have been edited by Trigger Happy, the the uh, YouTube channel that uploaded that as part of their compilation of flat Earth uh, uh, cringe moments. Uh, but anyway, um, so he, at the end there, he was talking about how uh, in in his experience, when he looks out, when he's on the ocean or when he's in, in open areas, he's looked out and seen that the Earth looks flat. But I mean, that's because. In comparison to the size of the Earth, I mean, the Earth is curved, but it's not like it's so big that it, when you're standing on the surface, you're so small that from that position, yeah, it looks like the Earth is flat because you've got to be really high up uh, in the sky to be able to start seeing the curvature of the Earth. If you're just standing, if you're on a boat in the ocean, even if you're flying sometimes, you can't see the curvature of the Earth. You know, so. Uh, often it's just people's first-hand experiences just what they see with their eyes and that's the evidence that they trust and they they look out of the window and they can't see the earth curving and um you know so that's it i would not be surprised if someone wrote in the comment section uh some other bits of evidence like there are other things like what are some of the some of the other bits of evidence like for example putting up a, a ruler to the to the sky and saying look it's flat anyway i'm interested in the in the so-called evidence but it has to be you know if you're making a big claim like the uh, earth is flat then you've got to back that up with uh, a similar level of evidence okay now the the claim that the earth is round is backed up by some seriously um seriously hardcore heavy evidence so to 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 stand a chance to win the uh, the flat earth debate you're going to have to match that evidence and beat it so good luck with that um now the reason i think that it's a bit sad what he said is because he was talking about how he's been shunned by his mom and his his brother and stuff shunned if you're shunned s-h-u-n is the verb shun and shunned is s-h-u-n-n-e-d it means you're rejected basically so they reject you, they ignore you, they don't want to talk to you anymore. You're thrown out of the family. It's really sad. This guy is so convinced that the earth is flat that even in conversations with his family, you know, they've driven he's driven them mad to the point where they've rejected him, which is really really sad, you know. I mean, God knows what else this guy has done, what what the background is in this relationship uh or you know what they've done to him or what he's done to them or what what the context is this could just be a long line in in various things that he's done that the family of maybe they've stood by him in the past and they've put up with other things and now he's like going on about flat earth and uh you can imagine at dinner they're trying to have dinner and the flat earth thing comes up and it becomes a big argument and it ruins the dinner and you know it's spoiling their relationship and the mum 
cries and she's like, I can't take this anymore. Just why can't he just shut up about this stuff? It's really ruining everything. And in the end, uh, you know, she's like, look, I can't deal with this anymore. Just if you keep going on about flat earth, just don't come around. That's enough. I've had enough. I've had enough with you. Uh, I've had enough of you or whatever. You know, that's that's really sad that he's so devoted to this uh, idea that he's even willing to let it drive uh, a, a wedge between him and his family. And, you know, why, why, why let that happen? I don't know. Anyway, on this rather sort of sad note, I think it's time to end the episode. But all in all, my experience, uh, my personal experience at the Griffith Observatory was really great. We saw the sunset after visiting the the uh, exhibitions uh, and and like learning things and uh, just exploring the uh, the the whole space, which was really great. Uh, we saw a sunset with the sun coming down um, and sort of um, creating this beautiful sunset. I would say the sun coming down. The sun doesn't actually come down. The Earth spins, doesn't it? Eh. Anyway, just interesting that the way. That, I guess we still say sun go the sun comes up and the sun goes down but I mean you know that's that's fine not technically true but that's just the way that that we do it and that's fine it'd be weird wouldn't it if we changed the language when the earth came round to I mean it would be so hard to find an alternative to saying when the sun comes up in the morning like when the earth spins around past the sun in the morning you know, what time shall I be there? Be there at the same time that the Earth is spinning around the Sun, and the Sun is level with the uh, with your vision of the end of the Earth. You know, so obviously we still say the Sun goes up and Sun comes down. Thank goodness, it'd be weird if we stopped doing that. Um, so beautiful sunset, the twinkling lights of Los Angeles, the 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 twinkling lights of the skyscrapers in the distance, and um, um, a hike up through the hills that was not too difficult. Just really pleasant times. I'm glad to say that on this holiday, we didn't have any big drama. Um, in in Indonesia, when we went up uh, Mount Rinjani, when we climbed that volcano, lots of drama. We tried to, get, you know, tried to get a boat across to one of the little islands and it was the boat was very low in the water because there were far too many people in the boat and I was worried about a possible accident, a lot of stress uh, after our difficult climb on the mountain. Uh, that was in Indonesia. And then in, in Yosemite National Park two years ago, uh, my wife hurt her ankle and ended up on crutches. And we were, uh, she was going down the, uh, this, the side of this um, huge uh, canyon there in, in the park on crutches. And we were climbing way past dark with a, with a ranger helping us, walking um, in, the, in the darkness with torches strapped to our heads at 11 o'clock at night when we should have come back at like four or five that afternoon. In those holidays, there was lots of sort of danger and drama, but none of that in this one, uh, thankfully. It was very just pleasant all round. Um, and I hope that you've enjoyed listening to me talking about some things here. I guess this one ended up being all about scepticism and science and... Uh, and things like that. Um, I invite you to leave comments in the comments section. This has been a very long episode. Um, so that's it for this one. Thanks so much for listening. Speak to you again soon. Bye bye. Bye 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me, and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.